This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeza Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my conversation with the owner of Crescent Sun Lighting and Nashville Heat Sauces, Clay Maddox. Clay and I talk about a whole bunch of stuff like where his passion for lighting came from, and his really incredible journey to starting his lighting business. He tells me about meeting Keith Greiner and the path to having the opportunity to light wrapped around Nashville back in February at Chris's house. We talk about his other business, Nashville Heat Sauces, and where the idea for that came from, and how him doing the lights back in February at Chris's, helped bring the collaboration with Umphreys and their new line of hot sauces together. It's such a really awesome story how it all ties in and how it all comes together. I love stories like that, so this was just so great. I want to quickly say thank you to Clay for taking the time. It was such a pleasure to meet virtually, um, and get to hear more about your story and getting to work with Umphreys and all of that. It was really, really awesome. So thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. If you missed that, there is a link in the show notes. um, And there's also a link there for where you can get yourself some hot sauce. I highly recommend that you do. I tell everybody who wants to listen how bomb it is, the Umphrey sauce. Um, The repeat one is my favorite, but the original sauces that he has as well are just really, really good. So definitely check his stuff out. You will not be disappointed. Do you create shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers? Maybe you make screen prints or sell other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that could make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Are you looking to hire some cool people to work with? Perhaps you have a rad idea for a podcast or some other creative idea that you think the community would love? Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company would love to help with space available on our podcast network for your Umphreys-related show idea, social media promotion of your band, commercial spots here on this show, as well as the other podcasts on the network, and more. Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you be seen, heard, and reach tons of fellow Umphreaks, musicians, and other kind folks. Want to know more or have a question? Shoot an email to droppedamongthiscrowdpod.com at gmail.com.
All right. So this week, we're going to be unpacking the two incredible nights at Northlands in Swansea, New Hampshire on July 23rd and 24th. Hopefully, I'm saying the name of that city right. Um, My husband and I decided to go last minute to this show. Not really last minute. We had sort of planned it, but... It was still kind of last minute. After Apple Valley, of course, you're checking to see where we would be able to see them again, especially now with everything that's going on. We wanted to get another show in. So we drove to New Hampshire, which was cool because I'd never been to New Hampshire before, um, and we stayed in Vermont, which was cool too. Um, We played some, well, my husband and Alex and Drina, shout out to you guys, um, they played some frisbee golf, and we hung out at the park with my youngest, Brendan, so it was cool to check out this really rad park in Vermont, like, they had a pool there, and skateboarding ramps, and all sorts of shit, like, this was probably the coolest park I've ever been to, so that was cool to experience that. Um, And these two nights were also a pod situation, and I will say that they were totally regulating folks so much better than they were at Apple Valley. Um, Apple Valley was a fantastic place. Um, I hope that they keep that place open even, you know, when when, or if we don't have to do pods. Um, But they really weren't handling the crowd very well there with people that had purchased GA tickets you know, last minute, and they were able to just kind of, like, come up into where the people were in the pods at Apple Valley. So I was really grateful that Northlands had handled that way better. Everybody had wristbands, and you had to have the wristband to come into the pod section. So it was really nice, you know, you were, if you wanted to have people near you and in your space that were also pod people, you could. Um, But if you wanted to have the space that you were promised, you were able to have that too. So that was really great. Um, that they were really on top of that. And the ven- the way they had everything, I say venue, but it was just, you know, <laughs> the side of a mountain. But the way they had it laid out and, you know, they had a lot to offer in terms of beverages and food and all sorts of stuff. So shout out to whoever was in charge of all that because it was really, really awesome. And, of course, this is the first time that the band has played at this venue because it was recently brought to life for the purpose of accommodating the changes in live music during the pandemic. Um, I know like Mo played there. I think maybe Billy Strings played there. Um, They had a Led Zeppelin tribute band out there. You know, they had some other um, music come through there. So that was their answer to live music right now. Starting off night one in New Hampshire with Prowler, Without skipping a beat, slipping into something a little more comfortable around six minutes, putting the brakes on, and beginning to work itself into a slight tizzy, landing in second self, while it's worth next, quickly turning the corner and showing off a different side about four minutes, dancing on, setting it down to a more even level, but only for enough time to quickly collect its thoughts before picking itself up a minute later, matter-of-fact and methodically building Wallet's Worth back together. Silent Type stomping in next, 
my Brendan, <laughs> that's how I have to refer to him sometimes, was so hyped that they played this. He loves this tune so much, and that's all he ever wants to hear when we ask him what he wants before a show. And this one also contained a thriller and smooth criminal by Michael Jackson tease in there. Also two of my son's favorite songs. So yeah, he was pretty stoked about that. (laughs) This one would really sink its heels in about three minutes. Half delayed next. And honestly, I thought we were going into forks for a minute before it rounded the corner and actually soared into half delayed. Moving right along to Bridgeless, wandering off about five minutes, getting more confident with itself as it dances on, really hitting its stride about seven minutes, twinkling off into space about two minutes later, rounding the corner, spreading its wings and really opening up with its sights on the sky, but allowing it to fall back to earth and leaving Bridgeless unfinished for now. I did tuck this one onto my 2021 list to give a spin to again later. I do that often. I will just throw one on there where I'm like, "Ah, this is really good, but I don't know if it would actually like pass to the next round. I still put it on there anyways because you just never know. You might like come back to it later and it might hit you different. Closing out the first set of the first evening with Morning Song, Stasic bringing almost like a shakedown street type baseline to this jam as it wanders out slightly before three minutes and it's funny I was just like I said shakedown street and I actually started like dancing while I was recording thinking about the baseline of that song I love that tune too I'm not a huge Grateful Dead fan but that's one of my uh one of one of my ones that I could definitely get down to Set two, kicking off with attachments, slipping down the rabbit hole about seven minutes. This version had a very Talking Heads vibe to it, which makes sense with the making flippy floppy that would come later in this set and the Talking Heads tease noted on the set list the next night. They were for sure, for sure, feeling the Talking Heads vibes this whole weekend. It's just like, dang, guys. Which is interesting because the last episode where I was talking about Peach Fest and Caverns, um, they were really in the Led Zeppelin vibe. So, very interesting. Opening a more mechanical vibe to it as it makes its way out. This one I also did tuck onto my 2021 list. Again, for the same reason I mentioned earlier completely embodying something different and sliding into the floor. Ringo next, taking us on a schizophrenic journey, starting out metallic and jazzy, then filling with aggression and emitting energy all over, slamming back into Ringo briefly before wandering off on its own again, finding its direction, getting itself all worked up, setting its sights on the atmosphere, enjoying a little time among the stars before tumbling all the way back into that previous jam. A little sunlight beginning to break through the clouds about 11 minutes-ish, and we can see Ringo on the horizon driving its way back home. Moving into what I felt was a huge highlight from these two nights, Ocean Billy. 
setting it down for a second before Stasic starts to metallically layer the Lego path about six and a half-ish, beginning its voyage off into the fog. This, I've mentioned before, is one of those jams. Every time I've listened to it, you just get so entranced. Right in there, slightly before nine and a half, and for like four minutes-ish, until it aggressively makes its way back in to Billy. It's just such a nice place to be lost inside. And, I mean, of course, no surprise, this one also found a seat on my 2021 list, which, if I did not mention, I will throw a link for that in the show notes so you can give it a spin. It That, that jam right in there, that four minutes-ish in that, in that ocean billy is just so good. You're just right in that. Oh, I love that so much. Rounding out the second set of night one with Little Gift, although before we went fully in, I thought we're going to get a Talking Heads tune there. Again, they're dabbling in it, but not yet. And not skipping a beat, stomping right into a standalone 1348 to fully bring the set to a close. Encore, Making Flippy Floppy by, yep, The Talking Heads, which if you had been paying attention all night, you were not surprised that this was going to happen. This has been taken for a spin 78 times, including this one here. Such a perfect tune for them to cover. This version really got everyone on the mountain dancing like it was so great to just turn around and just see everybody getting down so hard to this song like it was so great one of those moments where you're just like oh yes I love live music so much (laughs) they would slide right into the conclusion of bridgeless from earlier to officially call it a night All right, so on to night two in New Hampshire. Honestly, this second night was absolutely incredible. The whole first set was just wow. And we will get to what happened in the second set that I still talk about regularly. (laughs) They would get the evening kicked off with similar skin, setting off on its own accord about three minutes enjoying a nice stroll around the block before finding its way back into Sim Skin about six minutes later. Intentions clear next, confidently and joyfully dancing off about four minutes, rounding the corner and bringing it to a more even level about four minutes later. Mentioned on All Things Umphreys that this contained an onward jam, However, according to what Joel said on Twitter, the jam was in the same key as Onward, but not the same chord progression. So there you go. Completely shedding off intentions clear, twinkling out into the abyss and embodying the next tune on our adventure, Hurt Birdbath. And before we get into this, and before I forget, I do want to give you guys, the listeners, a little sneak peek. I don't think that's right, but maybe like a little insight. If you guys are on Twitter, I'm sure you've maybe seen the page, the WOW Show, pop up. Well, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company is 
going to be bringing you another podcast. This one will be hosted by Rob Turner and who we affectionately call Jimmy Knowledge, or as some of you may know, um, facts on Twitter, they're going to be getting into the real nitty-gritty of Umphrey songs from the birth of it, the first time it was played, the evolution of these songs, all the way to modern versions of it, stellar versions of this song that the band has played over the years, and it's going to be incredible. We have some very special guests that are going to be on and giving their insight into the songs. And there's going to be the opportunity for the um freaks to offer their opinions on stellar versions of songs. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. Um, yesterday, which was Wednesday, was the first Wow Wednesday on Twitter. And they were talking about Hurt Birdbath. And so if you're on there, definitely give the Wow Show a follow. I'll throw the links in the show notes. And we would love to know your favorite versions of Hurt Bird Bath and these other songs as this show evolves. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's going to be coming very soon. And like I said, if you're on Twitter, get involved in there and let us know what your what your thoughts are. So back to this Hurt Bird Bath. <laughs> A very heavy and visually obvious to anyone who was at this show live. Um, They were not streamed. But like I said, I was there. Very heavily orchestrated by Jake throughout the thick of this jam. It was very interesting to watch, like, how much he was really driving this jam in here. Specifically, like, right between seven, like, the seven and a half mark right in there is when it starts. When you hear it, you'll know. Um, but yeah, right in there. It was very interesting to watch the direction of, of that whole thing unfold. And that's the kind of stuff I love. Sometimes I'm not even dancing. I'm just like standing and watching and observing because of things like that. You're like, wow, what is going on up there? Showing its more sensual side with the next tune, dripping with sexiness as it moves into a thousand places to see before you die. Syncopated strangers next. Joel holding that low note, or as my kids affectionately call it, the brown note, as it swells and morphs, opening up and dancing into the second half of the tune. Jake mentions waking up the woodchucks, which is totally a legit thing, because it was either 2007 Mowdown or 2008 Summer Camp. I can't really remember, but... My best friend and I went to the festival, just the two of us, and we're sleeping in our tent. I want to say it was uh, summer camp because the music goes much, much longer um, at summer camp. And so we were laying in our tent like it was late and we're laying in our tent and my friend starts like freaking out. She's like, oh my God, something's like poking in my back. I'm like, no, you're, you know, you're crazy right now. Like you obviously had too much. It's time to go to sleep. Like we're done now. And she's like, no, for real. Like something's poking in my back. So then it started happening to me. And so now I'm freaking out. We're like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is so crazy. So we find out the next morning that, you know, everybody starts talking about this and they're waking up and making breakfast. And apparently because of 
the bass for whoever was playing super late at night. It was probably like a DJ or somebody like that. It was making, you know, the bass was like going through the ground and it was actually causing, I think they were gophers or groundhogs. Um, I don't know any distinction between any of that. Um, I don't. So they were all confused because of the sound and they were definitely like trying to scurry and like poke through, but they couldn't because people's tents and everything. So yeah, that's like a legit thing. You could definitely uh, wake up the woodchucks. <laughs> Ending set one from the second night with Fussy Dutchman. The part of the jam, specifically about six minutes, sounds very familiar to me, and I don't know why. I listened to it a couple times. I'm like, where? why does this sound so familiar to me? So if it's something that's been taken for a spin before and you know, please reach out and tell me. I don't know. It just feels like I've grooved to that one before. So I don't know. Maybe it was just that good and it felt so familiar. Set two, starting with Puppet String, aggressively ripping open about five minutes before calming itself and going on, sauntering back into Puppet String. A cover of White House Road by Tyler Childers next, covered four times, including this one here since its debut back in 2019 on March 30th at the Ryman in Nashville, Tennessee. Just another really great tune for them to cover. Seriously, it is. The next sandwich is what I was referring to when we started talking about this evening. Personally, I felt was a highlight from both nights. I've come back to this one a few times. And the night after the show, like the show's over, we're going back to our hotel. It's honestly all I talked about. To the point where I'm just talking about it and my husband's just sitting there like smiling like, okay, she's still talking about this. <laughs> I'm referring to the deliciousness that was DBK into Push the Pig back into DBK. Yes. <laughs> Shedding off DBK for a little bit creeping its way in to push the pig that would contain a sultry cocaine by J.J. Kale. Jam in there. About six and a half-ish. Very authoritarian. Almost brick-in-the-wall vibe-ish. About eight minutes. As it continues to build, gathering more massive energy. That section right in there is just so nasty. Oh, I love it so much. Breaking through the clouds, dancing on, dabbling in Push the Pig before bringing back the conclusion of DBK. But wait, then there's a slight upward tease, about three minutes. But nope, it's not going to go all the way into that. It's going to float off in a different direction, pick itself up, gather momentum, charge forward, Cool its jets for a few minutes, kind of survey where it wants to go next, realizing it just wants to full steam ahead this train at the same pace, and then drives it right back into the DBK station. Ugh. And I remember right after this happened, I turned around 
and just looked at my husband and just said, wow. <laughs> like, whoa. This is one of the things that we would probably be discussing on the WOW show with Robin Jimmy Knowledge. <laughs> That's definitely one of those moments. And like I mentioned, I just kept talking about it all night, some on the way home and the next day. Yeah, if you have not given that one a spin, I highly suggest you do. And I'm sure it's no surprise to hear that that sandwich has found a way onto my 2021 list. And again, I've mentioned this before too, this would be an example of where we need the option to be able to vote for something in its entirety instead of just one part of it, you know, one chapter from the whole adventure. So this would be one of those things when it comes time for Hall of Fame, I would want to vote it as DBK push the pig DBK because the entire thing is important to the story. Sometimes, yes, the thing in the middle is just the meat and you can pull it out. But this is one of those instances where you need the beginning, the middle, and the end. The wait around next, followed by a very nice whoppy spray berry with a perfectly placed life during wartime by the talking heads jam in there about nine minutes-ish. Keeping that talking heads vibe. Like I said, they've been dabbling in it all weekend. And there it was again. Ending the second set with another cover, which we just mentioned a little bit ago. The song remains the same by Led Zeppelin. The band has taken this tune for a ride 85 times, including this one here. Last played back in 2019 on November 8th at Woodlands Festival in Charleston, South Carolina. And encore for the evening, just one tune. 40s theme, slipping into, as Jake tells us, the last dance party of the night, slightly before three and a half. This would also contain a Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty tease and be the end of the evening in New Hampshire. All right, so that's everything I have for this week of the show. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for anything I may have referenced throughout this episode, as well as some links for where you can listen to both nights in New Hampshire. Also tucked inside those show notes, you'll find links for a vault stuffed with past episodes to binge on, where you can book a conversation and be a guest here on the show. I would love to chat with you about Umphreys, so book a time. Snag some DATC merch. Check out the new Dropped Among This Crowd media company website and so much more. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.